the strict conception of the unity and omnipotence of the state in all matters pertaining to it, which was the central principle of the Italian constitutions, placed in the hands of the single president nominated for life, a formidable power, which was felt doubtless by the enemies of the land, but was not less heavily felt by its citizens. Abuse and oppression could not fail to ensue, and as a necessary consequence, efforts were made to lessen that power. It was, however, the grand distinction of the endeavors after reform and the revolutions in Rome that there was no attempt either to impose limitations on the community as such, or even to deprive it of corresponding organs of expression, that there never was any endeavor to assert the so-called natural rights of the individual in contradistinction to the community, that, on the contrary, the attack was wholly directed against the form in which the community was represented. From the times of the Tarquins down to those of the Gracchi, the cry of the party of progress in Rome was not for limitation of the power of the state, but for limitation of the power of the magistrates. Nor amidst that cry was the truth ever forgotten, that the people ought not to govern, but to be governed. This struggle was carried on within the Burgess body. Side by side with it, another movement developed itself the cry of the non-Burgesses for equality of political privileges. Under this head are included the agitations of the plebeians, the Latins, the Italians, and the freedmen, all of whom, whether they may have borne the name of Burgesses, as did the plebeians and the freedmen, or not, as was the case with the Latins and Italians, were destitute of and desired political equality. A third distinction was one of a still more general nature, the distinction between the wealthy and the poor, especially such as had been dispossessed or were endangered in possession. The legal and political relations of Rome led to the rise of a numerous class of farmers, partly small proprietors who were dependent on the mercy of the capitalist, partly small temporary lessees who were dependent on the mercy of the landlord, and in many instances deprived individuals as well as whole communities of the lands which they held, without affecting their personal freedom. By these means the agricultural proletariat became, at an early period, so powerful as to have a material influence on the destinies of the community. The urban proletariat did not acquire political importance till a much later epoch. On these distinctions hinged the internal history of Rome, and, as may be presumed, not less the history totally lost to us of the rising power of the capitalists. The reduction of the port dues, although upon the whole a popular measure, chiefly benefited the great merchant. But a much greater accession to the power of capital was supplied by the indirect system of finance administration. It is difficult to say what were the remote causes that gave rise to it. But while its origin may probably be referred to the regal period, after the introduction of the consulate, the importance of the intervention of private agency must have been greatly increased, partly by the rapid succession of magistrates in Rome, partly by the extension of the financial action of the treasury to such matters as the purchase and sale of grain and salt." and thus the foundation must have been laid for that system of farming the finances, the development of which became so momentous and so pernicious for the Roman commonwealth.'
The state gradually put all its indirect revenues and all its more complicated payments and transactions into the hands of middlemen who gave or received a round sum and then managed the matter for their own benefit. Of course, only considerable capitalists and, as the state looked strictly to tangible security, in the main only large landholders could enter into such engagements. And thus there grew up a class of tax farmers and contractors who, in the rapid growth of their wealth, in their power over the state, to which they appeared to be servants, and in the absurd and sterile basis of their moneyed dominion, quite admit of comparison with the speculators on the stock exchange of the present day.'